Welcome to the Explore the Symphony podcast with Jean-Jacques Van Vlasler, coming to you from Studio P3 at Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa. I'm your host, Marjolaine Laroche, Assistant Principal Bass of the NAC Orchestra. Today, our conversation with Jean-Jacques Van Vlasler will take us to the Russia of the early 20th century and the composer Dmitry Shostakovich and his Ninth Symphony. are supposed to look at the Ninth Symphony. Mm-hmm. Now, the Ninth Symphony is not necessarily the most uh, important, the largest symphony. And in fact, Stalin was expecting something like Beethoven's Ninth. It was written, it was to be written for the end of the war, the Second War, victory. Mm-hmm. And Stalin was expecting something great with a choir, with soloists, with a huge orchestra. In fact, um, this is what Shostakovich promised. He played the first movement for the important people and he said, um, on the threshold of approaching victory, we must honor with reverence the memory of the brave soldiers who have died and glorify the heroes of our army for all eternity. So he was promising a great, like, Many composers, you you told us uh, when they get to the Ninth Symphony, mm-hmm. Beethoven's Ninth, and so they're expecting something. And but this is not what happened, mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, you know what? Uh, uh, of course, he did exactly the contrary of what they expected, as you say. They were expecting something like the Seventh Symphony, the Seventh Symphony, which he composes in the midst of the war in Leningrad, where he's, he himself is part of the defense of. Of, uh, of Leningrad and they, 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 they smuggle out the score is smuggled out once the premiere is done uh, it, and it's taken to the United States it becomes the Seventh Symphony becomes the, the, the symbol of the fight against na- the Nazis and that's, that's, that's an extraordinary thing and it's a powerful thing and, and, and Stalin obviously and the and, and Soviet world is very happy about the symphony and I understand it was smuggled out this is like the spy movies it's smuggled out on microfilm yes to, to New York and then oh, that's that, that's one they wanted that and uh, but um, in fact what he did he, uh, he he denounces in the ninth symphony you know the vacuity of victory after 20 million death you know uh, you know all these people that have just died and for what up to a certain point and for what so um, uh, as the holy fool to stalin's king lear <laughs> he in, he eventually unveiled not some grandiloquent tri- tribute to the leader and the teacher but a modest little scherzo symphony um uh, 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 Almost, you know, along the lines of, of Prokofiev's classical symphony, you know, and and again, it, it, he celebrates, and he, but his celebration is a, is a sour one, you know, 
what is war about. This is an anti-war symphony. And it's a, it's a small symphony. You know, the, most of the movements are, are, are very short. Five minutes, uh, three minutes, almost three minutes for the presto. I mean, five, five movements, you know. And in those, those uh, uh, five movements, the, instead of, uh, well, instead of his normal, um, large, and uh, um, uh, let's say very powerful lines. Here, here we have uh, uh, light textures, and uh, and the mood is running from what what shall I call it, buffoo humor to butter, bittersweet sarcasm, you know. And in fact, in the finale, to over overt vulgarity i mean i i'm measuring my words i mean <laughs> overt vulgarity and of course and i want to 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 attract the attention to uh, the, the that little largo which is in the, in the middle of it which is the fourth movement the largo and we have an an elegiac moderato then we have an energetic disquieting presto and then a, a brief largo and in that brief largo, I want to talk about the bassoon recitativo because it is, it starts wonderfully and it's an unachieved, it, it has an unachieved profundity. It sounds like a self-parody and tips into the burlesque. So what he's doing, he's laughing at his own former monuments, <laughs> the Seventh Symphony. And, and, and he even quotes the Eighth Symphony in it. So what is happening is that it is exactly the contrary of what the officials hoped for. And uh, he, it is a, it, it is a, it's a little parodic symphony. When, the, when he was rehearsing it and when the orchestra, and I think it was the Leningrad Philharmonic who was doing it with Mravinsky, he he was running around the hall and 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 saying and saying you know uh, it's a circus it's a circus it's a circus this is what the world is about <laughs> it's a circus and my music wants to represent that it was taken as a, a personal insult oh yes oh yes by musicologists by uh, i i read the the critic uh, um, azafiev mhm declared mm -hmm. it an insult mm -hmm. a personal insult mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes but but he he he, he this he criticizes in fact the uh, uh, the the greatness of the victory the so-called victory there is no victory when 20 million people die is he saying what am i just composing this grandiose music yeah. and and there's no reason for it and you know you know what um, in fact i i just thought of this this is an image of course instead of this full-bodied symphonies he creates a skeleton and, and that's it's a skeleton all, yeah. which laughs at itself and this is the ninth and that's the ninth symphony let me say to end that beyond that symphony and, 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 and in his writing, who were the people that had inspired him musically? You know, from Beethoven, he had the innate abstraction and the, the, the exacting humanity, and, you know, in, in order human spirituality. From Mahler, he has the pulsion, 
hesitations, the provocative clumsiness sometimes within the symphonies, the grand orchestra, um, and uh, where the atrocious, because he expresses very often the atrocious, um, touches, comes close to the marvelous. I think that is, it is, he's very close to the Malarian sense of pessimistic idealism. Shostakovich said there's a big difference between despair and cynicism. When a man is in despair, it means that he still believes in something. Shostakovich always believed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying, you know, the, uh, an exacting human spirituality, but it is pessimistic. It is pessimistic. And when one looked at the man, I mean, he, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was a shadow of a, of a human being from the outside, you know. He just would, you know, eyes down, walk very quickly, disappear as quickly as possible. You know, the, the contact with, with other humans when he didn't know them, when he didn't know them, he had very good friends. He had very good friends, and he was well surrounded by very good friends. Some of the musicians, Rostropovich and Vishnevskaya, uh, Rostropovich's wife, the great soprano, Rozhesvensky, uh, the conductor, Kondrashin, the conductor, Mravinsky, the conductor. You know, these are, these are people that were really, really very much behind him and understood him and worked well with him. And, uh, you know, he could count on him. And then there are very many of his friends, and some of of them, uh, Jewish friends, uh, which were uh, uh, with whom he corresponded very much, which with whom he had very, very thoughtful uh, dialogues. Mm -hmm. You you met him. I did. Yes, I did. In 1962, at the Edinburgh Festival, which was called uh, or nicknamed the Red Festival, because uh, for the first time in the West. There was a uh, a full display of the ma the major uh, Shostakovich works. Everything he had finished. By the way, uh, he was only at that time at the twelfth symphony, and he would uh, he would still create three more symphonies. He had Babiard the thirteenth symphony in his mind when he was in Scotland, which is, uh, is an extraordinary thing. When I I heard all his string quartets, but by all I mean eight <laughs> of the. 15 string quartets, so he still had seven more string quartets which he was going to uh, going to compose. So it is, it, 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 and some of the some of the top level uh, uh, musicians, virtuosos from the Soviet Union, were there too. And that was there were lots of Prokofiev. Uh, um, we had the Western premiere of the Fourth Symphony. That famous Fourth Symphony, which nobody had heard before. I mean, that's that was quite something. And we had Oystrak, uh, uh, for example, playing the, uh, the 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 wonderful violin concerto by Shostakovich, and lots of other works. Oystrak played Beethoven. Oystrak played uh, some of the Beethoven. There was lots of Beethoven also uh, uh, sonatas together with uh, Oborin. Oborin, who had been an old friend of Shostakovich when he was young, who was one of the people that was around him in the 1920s. And I think that Oberyn had won the uh, Chopin uh, competition when Shostakovich did not. 
<laughs> but Lev Ober, you know, great, great pianist. Frida Power was there, you know, the, uh, Gilles was there. This was an extraordinary, the the, uh, uh, the Borodin String Quartet was there. Vishnevskaya, so the Rostropovich was, were there. They were young people at that time. Rostropovich, unfortunately, died this year. So it's, it's quite something. So the Borodin Quartet was the quartet that was playing... Yes, all the the eight <laughs> string quartets. <laughs> and it was an, an extraordinary learning experience. But there were lots of Prokofiev. Most of the uh, most of the important symphonies by Prokofiev were played also there. You know, Rostislavsky was conducting most of them at that point. So it's it was an extraordinary festival, and you know, and I did meet him. And, and uh, what was had, your impression? Had a, a, oh, a very a very difficult person to talk to. Of course, he was surrounded by KGB agents, and that you know that was that was that kind of time. 1962. This was only his uh, third venture into the West, but this was a major one because he was there for two weeks, two weeks, and so we would see him at at many of the concerts. You know, the, uh, there was also the premiere of uh, of some of the in the West of some of the melodies excerpts of Lady Macbeth of Tensk, sung by whom? By Vizhnevskaya. It was a, a extraordinary. I, I, I remember very well that 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 evening. It was the uh, uh, the I, I don't uh, I, I uh, you know London Symphony Orchestra was conducted by Igor Markevich, and on the program there was. Um, Romeo and Juliet by no no it one of the overtures by Tchaikovsky then the excerpts of Lady Macbeth of Tensk and then uh, Stravinsky's Rite of Spring what a night what an evening yeah what an evening and who was sitting there Shostakovich but later we uh, we could talk to him a little bit uh, and there was also a, a news conference that was organized ultimately accepted by the the the, the cronies that were around <laughs> around uh, Shostakovich just a minute ago I finished the partiture of two parts of a large symphonic composition if this composition I can write well but uh, there were moments that one one could get near to him and 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 say a few words and uh, it was in German because he spoke a little bit of German and I obviously and at my very young age I didn't speak any Russian <laughs> time it was uh, it was a great time also at the time I met uh, Rostropovich and you know and Rostropovich who was in one of those churches in in in, in Edinburgh play all the uh, the Swedes by Johann Sebastian Bach, the great Rostropovich at that time when he was uh, barely 30 years old, something like that. Remarkable, remarkable festival. That that were real festivals uh, in which we discovered we discovered the other world through the music of Shostakovich. Well, this makes me think, Jean-Jacques, that you and I should talk a little bit about your adventures in music, because <laughs> you have many stories to tell. Yeah, so on nice. that note, <laughs> I thank you very much. We'll do that with a glass of beer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. I have a lot to you. think about, and I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you very thank much. Thank you.
Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nacpodcast.ca. There you will find our past episodes and subscription links and instructions on how to subscribe. Check out our sister podcast, the NACO cast with Chris Millard. You can also easily find this podcast as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Search on Explore the Symphony. The musical excerpts you heard in this podcast are used with the permission of Naxos of Canada. Until next week, this is Marjolaine Laroche for Jean-Jacques Van Vlaslar and the new media team at the NAC saying goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.